Hi, I'm Dr. AJ Lee, a manager of customer success and learning implementation strategist at Franklin Covey. And I'm excited to be one of the hosts of this season of Be a Better Leader. We're looking forward to bringing together some of Franklin Covey's expert consultants and thought leaders to talk about recharging. Now is the time and we have the tools to help you recharge your leaders, recharge your teams, recharge your culture, and recharge your results. In episode one of this season, Jeff Downs and Scott Thiel talked about the performance curve and the need to move righter and tighter. Today, we'll dive into the ways we can accomplish this as leaders by focusing on our strengths rather than our diminishing tendencies. To help us, we've invited Franklin Covey's Vice President of Content Development and best-selling author, Corey Kogan. Corey, thank you for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me. It's uh, wonderful to be here with you. Absolutely. And, and we know that the best leaders ignite intelligence in those around them. That's their ability to reason, solve problems, learn quickly. Uh, in many cases, I'm sure most leaders believe they're multipliers, um, but research shown that all people have different types of moments, multiplier moments, and maybe diminishing tendencies. Could you describe some examples of how a leader might accidentally diminish people? Well, I think it goes back to even just um, how they, you know, when we, we, we throw a line out like that, well, we multiply people's intelligence and how they do that. And, and, and a lot of that is that they're leading in a way that enables people to want to volunteer their best efforts. Mm. So they multiply those efforts in the way the leader behaves. And so when you reverse that and you say, well, what are diminishing behaviors or what's that? It's a leader who is doing something that is not inviting somebody to volunteer their best efforts. And so that's diminishing, you know, those are diminishing qualities that a leader is is bringing forward. Mm. And I, and I feel like even the word diminisher can come as a shock to some leaders because they don't expect to be perceived in that way. Uh, in our course multipliers, there are actually nine styles of accidental diminishers that are identified. Uh, can you share a few of those and uh, build on question to that? Are these tendencies always bad? Well, so 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 um, th- there's really good news with this. I, some some of the um, tendencies, to give you an example, um, and leaders get promoted for doing some of these things, right? So leaders should have amazing, great ideas and new ideas. And, you know, they should help everybody. They should rescue everybody and they should set the pace. And, you know, they're, they're known as rapid responders. And it's like, boy, AJ's right on top of it. We should promote her. And, you know, all of that, or they know how to protect their team and they know how to strategize and, you know, they get everything just right. So everything that I just said to you sounds great. um, And they are the qualities that we look for in leaders um, and, and to promote them. And what happens sometimes, and this is just so important for an organization to recognize because it's such a game changer so quickly to recharge leaders is that these leaders who do this stuff well accidentally overplay those strengths. Mm. And so they become diminishing tendencies. So if you just think about, you know, the idea of somebody who has all these great ideas 
and you could put you know the audience you could put yourself in in these shoes it's like oh gosh my leader is going to come to us with another 12 things to do and i don't have the bandwidth right the right. leader isn't thinking how do i make them miserable by loading them up the leader's having all these good ideas that got them promoted in the first place and they think they're supposed to do and they're loading up their team without realizing that they are burdening these people, we get a little disillusioned, like, oh my God, how am I ever going to get all that done? And, you know, I'm a little disengaged around, around this um, until the leader recognizes that, wait, you know, mm -hmm. this strength is turned into a weakness and the law of diminishing returns kicks in, hence a diminishing tendency. And I love what you said there, Corey, that in essence, it's, leaders overplaying their strengths that so it's not it it's almost it's not like they're intentionally diminishing right they are intentionally trying to do what's best for their team they're sharing ideas they're they're looking towards driving impact and yet and still <laughs> there has to be a pause moment in essence that that causes them to reflect and identify ways in which they need to adjust how they're approaching their team. Is that is that an accurate reflection on, on what you shared? Yeah, it's, it's, really, it's really accurate. They have to become intentional about it because, you know, I always say leaders don't wake up in the morning going, hmm, how do I make them miserable today? It just happens naturally and unconsciously um, because we're playing on our strengths. And so leaders need to go, wait, wait, what? Let, I, I just need to pause because in my attempt at being a great leader, I'm accidentally diminishing. And yeah. what's so great in, under the, the umbrella of how do you recharge leaders that are a little worn out from you know everything is like, oh, all I need to do is back off a little bit and um, you know, hold back on a few ideas or not be so protective and let them try things, you know, those kinds of things. And it, it becomes a, an immediate game changer for any level leader in the organization. I don't care who you are, we all do it uh, without realizing it. And once we find out, it's an immediate change. So good. So good. And, and building on what you shared, you were starting to share some examples of what a leader can do to, in essence, apply the opposite of the diminishing effect, to start to multiply their impact. What are some of the things that a leader can do to start to shift that behavior? Uh, well, the first thing that I uh, said was they have to get, they have to be, you know, self-aware, uh, you yeah. know, this is the best of social emotional intelligence too. They have to be really self-aware. And the first thing is bring this to their attention. It's always fun when we do bring this to a group of leaders attention. I mean, at three, four o'clock in the afternoon, I've had groups of people like out of their, you know, cause that's a rough time of the day to be listening to a keynote. And they're like, Oh, there, there's a, there was a roar going up because people are like, Oh my goodness, I can't believe I, you know, do that. So number one is, sharing this information and this yeah. idea and letting them choose from, well, what are, you know, which, which is my priority, uh, you know, one, uh, and, and, and not going down the rabbit hole of, well, I do all of them. Just pick a couple, you know, that you really do do that you want, you want to uh, work on. And then, you know, Liz Wiseman, as you, as you know, is, is our partner and the author of this body of work. And what she says about this is, uh, you know, don't, don't, you don't have to label yourself a multiplier or diminisher. Yeah. Uh, so we're not into labels here, but we are looking for the moment uh, when something 
is happening, a situation. So what she'll say is, if you're intentional about trying to fix this, look for those moments, those multiplying moments. So when you feel yourself in a meeting starting to be the one that is speaking up and, you know, giving ideas, um, you know, you don't have to be the genius in the room. Part of our work is how to help identify the, the genius in everybody else um, mm -hmm. so that we get everybody's good ideas, you know, to the table. So looking for those, those multiplier of moments, um, you know, where, you know, when and somebody comes and says, I need help on something, instead of going, okay, here, here's how you, here's how you do it, you know, become a coach and step back and don't be so protective. Let them figure out, you become the coach and let them, you know, figure, uh, figure it out. So, you know, when we talk about coaching, one of, one of the things in our course in particular, and it's the first one we do is how do you ask better questions yes. so that, you know, we are allowing the people to do things more than the leader. So, so first identify what your diminishing tendencies are. Second, get very intentional about it. Third, think about this in term of, in terms of multiplier moments and think about how do I ask better questions? How do I look for everybody else's genius? So I'm not the one that's always talking. Uh, how do I create a safe environment so people are willing to speak up? And uh, another one is really challenging people, you know, giving them stretch opportunities to, um, you know, to do, to do some things. So it takes it, the burden off of us thinking we got promoted to do everything uh, yes. and that uh, we're going to help, we're going to help multiply these other people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for breaking that down, Corey. And I appreciate you mentioning a leader moving into a coach mindset, right? And leaning in with those questions, inquiry, and, and curiosity really to empower those team members. Are there any questions that like just one or two that you often use as your back pocket questions um, to to re-engage someone or that you guide leaders to use in those types of situations where they're looking to, to leverage more curiosity with their teams? Well, you know, I think it, um, it depends where we are in the relationship with yes. them. And, you know, in the course we do that, we have people create questions that are relevant, you know, to their situation. But if I had to you know, choose a couple of uh, general ones. And we speak about this in some of our work around inclusive leadership. Um, simply, you know, asking people, you know, what, what are you most excited about? Yes. Um, you, you know, and, and, and again, I say this carefully because you, ha you have to have, is there trust between the two of you, right? There's context. a lot of things that context that needs to be put in, in around this. Um, and so, you know, what are you most excited about here? What are you interested in? And, and I'm always looking for people to share with me what they do well. So a, a good question for, for me always is what are you excited about and what is it that you love to do that, whether in your job, outside of your job here at work, or even as a hobby, because yes. when we say look for people's natural genius, you just never know what they do and their talents are that good that we can get wow that's amazing and show interest and at the same time those talents can be synthesized for again if they're volunteering they're better they're they're their best uh, to us not that we're forcing them right that's a whole nother mm -hmm. podcast 
but um, so that you never know that they bring those talents in and it can be utilized uh, for work. And then the second question is, particularly in times like this, is you know what what are what worries you the most? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, just what's going on and 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 getting out, like you said, curiosity. I want to be curious about all of this and see what's worrying people and and get stuff out on the table. Find out if it's any other diminishing tendencies that I'm doing uh, or anything else, um, you know, as well. So those are a couple. There's a couple more, but those are a a couple of good starter questions that under the right conditions can really get, you know, the conversation uh, going and learning about some of their other talents. Yes. And I'm and I'm over here taking notes and I'm sure those listening are as well, right? Sometimes it's nice to just have those foundational questions you have in your hip pocket you can pull out. And of course, with context, you can build upon them, but asking what are you most excited apart about and then also what are you most worried about and, and within context as well. That's great. That's great. So thinking about leaders, is there a specific mindset shift that leaders need to take uh, to help them as they try to manage and move from diminishing to multipliers? Um, you, you mentioned that we don't want to label anyone as a diminisher or a multiplier. Is there any specific paradigm shift that they should be in consideration of? Um, I think that there's a, there's a, there's a few but I think it what it goes back to um, goes back to a couple that if I am a, a, a an unintentional diminisher, how do I become an intentional multiplier? Uh, is 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 one, and then realizing you know and always asking you know was that interaction diminishing? Or, multi- or multiplying. I think that's it. And then mm-hmm. the, the only other one um, I, I would add to that, and you, you said it, is that I have a mindset of, when it comes to leadership, of curiosity. Mm. Um, and I've been quite clear in, in a lot of other conversations like this. In this day and age, with the way the world is and we're all spread out and everything has changed and leadership has had to be rethought that if a leader does not come into leadership being curious about their people, their team, their organization, honestly, I invite them out of leadership. So that the curiosity and authenticity, that is a key mindset that I do think people really need to think about if they want to stay in leadership or are embarking on a leadership career. Absolutely. Absolutely. So powerful. So powerful. Those, those reflections, how can I continue to have that mindset of curiosity, make sure that I'm authentic within that, and then ask myself the question out of every interaction, was that a multiplier moment or did I, you know, overplay my strengths? Did I lean in a little too much and how can I do better next time around? Very well said. Yes, fantastic. Uh, So this whole focus is recharging our teams for this discussion. And coming back to the performance curve, I would love to close thinking about writer and tighter and how a leader can focus on their strengths to facilitate that move. Uh, When they do that, what's the impact on how we ultimately recharge our people? Well... Um, you know, um, 
with the performance curve. So again, knowing that you have your model perform, you know, percent of your model performers on the right, you have you have what we call the nevers on the left, uh, and then in the middle you have this wonderful group of um, uh, not yet. Mm -hmm. um, so for so if a some leader is looking at all of their leaders. First mm -hmm. of all, this is a great way, a very quick recharge to say, if you organizationally, because uh, I'm going to swing for the fences here, if organizationally, you, uh, you know, shared what we just talked about with every leader in the organization, because you already have, you're, you know, if, if you're, if, if you're a leader, in, you know, a top leader or an HR, L&D, an OD, you, you know who your top leaders are. You, you know who the best ones are. You know who isn't and all of that kind of stuff. So the first thing is letting all of your leaders know this. You will see an immediate, probably out of the middle, maybe some from the, from the left, but you'll see an immediate when they go, oh, my gosh, I didn't realize I was doing this. You're going to see a little righter and tighter. You're going to see some of the not yet's start to move to the right because this is to me this is low-hanging fruit of leadership development this is like i said doesn't matter what level it is we all do it whether you're a new frontline leader or you're the ceo or the managing director or the secretary whoever it might be at the top of your organization so that's one application of the performance curve yes. the second application is if i'm a leader and i get better at this and I am doing much more, I am, I am multiply, intentionally multiplying with my team, then whatever the performance curve is of my team around their overall productivity, because again, you have your models, you have your nevers and you have your not yets, because of the way you're leading in a, in a way that's inviting them to volunteer their best efforts and they see your behavior changing around this, you're going to get those not yet and even some numbers on whatever work you're trying to accomplish. Mm. You're going to see, uh, I mean, and that's a beautiful thing. When a leader goes in and says, you know what, I'm going to do this differently, very methodically, knowing I can't do it in a day, but over time, here's where I think everybody is in the performance curve. And then based on what I'm doing, you see movement. That's, I mean, that's recharging. You know, Absolutely. that makes it tangible to say, wow, Mary, Joe, Tom and Dimitri, they're doing so much better, even if I'm just manually doing this on a whiteboard. Right. I'm not doing mathematically, but like, OK, I can see those people in the middle. You know, they're moving and a couple of nevers actually came out also because I did this one thing. So, that you know, when you help a leader win, that's recharging. Corey, I am. Um just taking away so many incredible nuggets from this discussion. Uh, and that last statement, when you help people win, it, it makes just such a tremendous impact. And thinking about the organizational impact of driving awareness of multipliers, top down, everyone in the organization, and then at a people level, seeing that performance curve shift for those not yet and nevers into being able to actually show up differently in the workplace has a a tremendous impact. I just want to thank you for your time, for your wisdom, for your insights. Uh, it's been a pleasure. I know we could go on and on, and yeah. I'm sure there'll be other times <laughs> to yeah. continue the conversation. Uh, and for those of you listening that would like a tool to help you on your path to becoming a multiplier leader, you can actually download our free toolkit of 40 back pocket questions to unleash your team's intelligence. And you can find a link of that 
in the show notes. If you want to just visit our franklincovey.com website, you can also find more information there. And we look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Mm-hmm.